Welcome to One Out of Four Experts, where each week my co-hosts and I endeavor to bring you topics of interest. Topics and subjects only one week before we knew basically nothing about. Each segment, one of the four of us will be your expert, and the others will stare longingly into the distance, envisioning the inevitable death of the universe. Wonderful. Thank you, Josh. That sounds about right. Who's uh, first expert this week? I, I believe Chris won the, yeah, uh, most, the most points. points I did. Last time. I did, and I feel I'm still riding that wave. My whole week has been so good. Mm-hmm. Just knowing directly related to yeah, they don't yeah, know that really how good I when I did you win last this time. podcast, you are uh, you filled with adrenaline and uh, just kind of ride that wave for a long time. I never felt so alive. <clears throat> what's uh, what's our topic this week? Chris? So um. <clears throat> it's something called Pepper's Ghost. Whoa. Does anyone know what that is? I have not heard of this. Not I heard of don't it. know that, that I have That sounds either. painfully familiar, as in I cannot think you of... You probably... I have a lot of examples, and you definitely know at least one of them. Mm-hmm. But first, I'm just going to do a little background. So wait, you use it like if you were to use it in a sentence, you'd be like, I'm going to... I'm going to show you a Pepper's ghost. Like, I'm going to have sex yeah, with Pepper's ghost. Like no, you don't, have, you don't have sex with it. Oh, okay. Um, Bummer. Yeah. No, but well, like, we'll, you we'll can have, there. like, there are more than oh, we'll one. Get to that. It's yes. a type of thing. Yes, it, okay. will be, it will all become clear very soon. Okay. So, Pepper's ghost, um, it is named after an English scientist uh, from the 1800s named John Henry Pepper uh, because he popularized this this thing it's an illusion he didn't invent it it's just named after him because he uh he showed the people what it is and the people loved it and then they said this is you now you made this and he said this is what you're all about yeah and he actually didn't make it and he even tried to tell people he's like guys this isn't me but they just gave him all the credit anyway so what it is it's an illusion where there's two rooms and you have an audience and they're looking into one room and the second room is hidden from the audience, mm-hmm. and it's off to the side. And that room that's hidden is called the blue room. And the room that they're looking into, uh, it's got, you know, it's like a stage. It's got something set up there. And there's a plane of glass, at usually at a 45-degree angle from the audience, that mm-hmm. they can't see that is in between them and the room that they're looking into. And then the blue room that's off to the side that they don't see is entirely dark and there will be usually like an animatronic thing it could be a real person there's something in the room and when it has a light shined onto it its reflection is on the, onto the pane glass. of glass so it looks like a ghost i feel like room. so the haunted mansion that's one of them yeah. oh. every scooby-doo villain yeah oh that's how scooby-doo would do it yeah i mean for me it's really all about is there the do they mansion. do that well, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I mean, because I'm just, it was probably. never actually the thing a was ghost. just a lot of stupid well, costumes. I mean, it is just maybe the villains no. do those kinds of Sorry projections. Sorry to poke holes. To, no, there are some projections I, involved. Yeah, I would definitely, like she said, haunted mansion for sure. Yes. But I feel like yeah, so there's a lot that more. That is one of the. That is one of. That's like the most well known one. There's a lot of visual shit happening here that I can't picture. Yeah, I mean, we'll, I'll get into it a little more, but um, so, uh, so you solutions. can't picture it yet, still. No, I get it. I just so feel like been, I, I don't. Th- I feel like Chris to... like brought this topic and was like, "I'm going to explain this," and it's like, oh, it's I'm hard to explain a, a very physical visual thing. Well, that's why I'm going to keep going. I know you're going to keep yet. going. I'm just throwing it out there that like I, it's, it's okay if you don't get it yet. I get it. If you don't get he's, it he's yet, trying to make himself okay. feel better for not getting it yet. But here's no, so I already you can know just say you don't get it before, but I don't want to get. We still love you. You don't have to yeah, get it's it. it's okay, Joel. I don't love you. 
I'm the dumb one, guys. So it's official. So have you been to Disney World? Yeah. So have you been on the Haunted Mansion ride? I feel like, yes, I feel like I did this, but I can't remember if it was the one in Disney World or if it was somewhere else. I'm sure they use the same technology. In every Disney park, there's a Haunted Mansion and they all do the same thing. So there's a part in that ride where you're going kind of uphill and you looked and the, the, um, the Omni mover that you're in, it turns and you face into the ballroom that's below you and you look down and there's a bunch of dancing ghosts down there. Mm-hmm. It's it's a beautiful scene. Yeah. Really. And the way they do that is that what you don't see is that between you and that big ballroom, there's glass in front of you. Right. I feel like, so this is like one of those things where it's like back before special effects were possible. This oh, was yeah. Really oh yeah. Cool. This is a practical this, yeah. so, effect. Like I said, this, it's a this lot was, of this work to make this happen. In 1862. When it really, you could just like hook up a projector and be done with it. Yeah, this yeah. is, it's a practical effect though. So it's it's the, very effective. The first, um, I agree. I prefer the practical effects. I'm not hating on practical effects. I'm just throwing it out there that this is like way too much work to do the so thing. The first time that this was done in a way that it was like, you know, part of a, like theatrics mm-hmm. was uh, in a Charles Dickens play called The Haunted Man. Shin? The Haunted Man Shin? No, no. By Charles Dickens? <laughs> <laughs> no, just The Haunted Man. And then man. they adapted it into he a movie just, starring Eddie Murphy. He was just a sad man who was haunted by yeah, his and past. then Luigi got stuck in there. And then <laughs> it got yeah, real and weird. Luigi's there and Mario is captured. And for once, Luigi gets to shine. Uh-huh. This is his time. And yeah. now forever... His emo is just him afraid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true, actually. He's it's never so been bad, not afraid guys. ever since that's, Luigi's let Mansion Luigi came out. Oh, what be happened afraid? to him like, in Hashtag let Luigi ago. not be afraid. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Oh, what must have happened to him there to traumatize him so much? I mean, have he was sucking up ghosts to the lot, vacuum yeah. cleaner. It was terrible. That's insane. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I wanted, so there's still a lot I want to cover, and we're, we're getting really I'm derailed very here. Deep in the Nintendo weeds over here. Get out of here, Reggie. So anyway, oh, Reggie, Jesus. Using it in that play, that was um, John Pepper's idea. And before that, there was another man named, uh, what's his name? There's always another man. Yeah, Henry Dirks. There's always a bigger man. Henry Dirks was really <laughs> Thanks, the, the guy Fred that... Dirks? Fred Dirks. <laughs> Henry Dirks is the guy that read about something similar to this and wanted to use it in a theater type setting but he uh the way he implemented it or wanted to implement it was not a very practical way so john pepper saw this and was like oh dude i got you and he came up with a better way of doing it and they used it in this play and then everyone loved it and now ever since then people have associated this effect with john pepper and he was even like, no, it wasn't just me, you guys. Like, Henry Dirks, just just as involved as I was. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, it was you. We know it was you. <laughs> to the point where, like, uh, Dirks was, he was so chill, and he was not in it for the money. He was just like, dude, just take the credit. It's fine. And they had a joint patent for it, and he just, like, relinquished his, like, financial wow. half yeah. of it. Much cooler Dirks. Pe- yeah. He's a cool guy. What he's a like guy. The anti Thomas Edison. He's like the he's opposite like the, of Fred Durst. Yeah, he was, he's like the anti Fred yeah. Durst. <laughs> Did you guys know that Fred Durst uh, has an Instagram account? And 
almost every single picture on that Instagram account is station wagons. Oh yeah, he's I super thought you were going to say buttholes for a minute. No, <laughs> not buttholes. I mean, maybe there are a couple buttholes here and there. Yeah, like every fifth one is a butthole. It's, it's mostly it's station hard, wagons. It's hard for you know once a butthole is going to slip through. I'm just thinking yeah. like Fred it's Fred Durst's Instagram page that's just called Chocolate Starfish, and yeah. everyone. Plus station wagon. So anyway, um, other places you may so this this um Ooh, yeah, concept, what are other places? Oh yeah, used? so this concept has been applied in a lot of different ways. Do they use it on the Finding Nemo ride, or is that something else? I didn't see anything about that. They do it in Tower of Terror, though. If you've been on Ooh, Tower of Terror, okay, yeah, yeah. When you get yeah. to the Definitely. top floor, the doors open up, and there are just ghosts hanging oh, yeah. out right across from you. Yeah. That's the same thing. Okay. I got stuck on that ride really? for a pretty long time once. Yeah. At <laughs> when, the top. <laughs> um. Yeah, towards the top. Was yeah. It terrifying? Do you, okay. So do you know how you go up, and then it, stuff opens, and you see stuff, and then you go up more and up more, and then you move forward yeah. and then you drop so it was like the top level but we hadn't moved forward yet so you just had like a nice view of uh no not really because it was still we could just see the hallway in front of us because oh, the, the, the window forward. hadn't opened yet to yeah. like the outside world yeah what park is that in is that mgm yeah or that it's not one. mgm anymore it's now it's uh um like movie Hollywood. movie mania magic. movie magic mania <laughs> that's what oh, it's called triple now. m yeah you may have heard about it. Yeah, it's just pronounced mmm. Mm, yeah, everyone just says mmm yeah. now. Mm. In uh, in Universal, uh, in the Harry Potter world, oh, oh okay. There's a. Uh, did you say dolphinately? <laughs> yeah. I like that. It's not Sea World, um, Jesus. <laughs> I thought you said Sea World. <laughs> they use it uh, for the Hogwarts Express ride, so that when you're in line to get into that ride. And you look at the entrance of the ride, it's platform nine and three quarters. And mm-hmm. if you're standing in line, it looks like people are going straight through the brick wall. What? Wow. That's in so line. good. Yeah. Oh, oh, my God. God. I want to really see cool. that. Yeah. So there's that. Um, this concept is basically how they came up with teleprompters. That's what a teleprompter is. Oh, Wait, nice. What? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so we have to look at a teleprompter on TV. The teleprompter looks blank from yeah. your view. So if you're if you're looking at a teleprompter from the person who's reading it, like opposite them, the teleprompter just looks like a pane of glass. Huh. Um, cool. Also, um, the old like '70s arcade cabinets for Space Invaders used this. Mm-hmm. Oh. So if you've seen one of those old cabinets, a lot of, a lot of yeah. uh, arcade um, cabinets do this. Yeah. Technique. This this was like the but, the yeah. most well known one where if you look in the cabinet, there's actually like physical like props in there of like a moon and like space, and then in front of that, projected onto the pane of glass, is the actual game that you're playing, and you can see like straight through the screen to oh like gosh. the props behind it and it's because there's actually the actual screen that you're controlling is a mirror image of it that's underneath it uh-huh. and it's being projected up onto the glass what else oh so many t- uh have you seen home alone the the movie, the home, movie alone? home alone you know i, uh, I with, don't think so uh is that the um you know what? Oh, okay. The blonde boy. That's the little kid, right? And he's like, I see dead people. Yeah. And, and Chris, then- are you asking if we've seen the movie Home Alone? Because yes, yes, we fucking have seen the movie Home Alone. Thank you. Well, there's a part where uh, Joe Pesci, the robber, is head, his head's on fire. Uh-huh. They didn't have that technology in 1990. You mean to tell me no. that they didn't just light his head on fire? Yeah, that's what I'm... I'm, I'm pretty sure they, yeah, no, they hurt these bullshit. men 
badly. He is, he is not nearly as good of an actor as you think he is. Mm. It's all smoke and mirrors. What? Have you seen my cousin Vinny? In fact, I have. It's, that was very good. Yeah, smoke and glass. One point pains. for him. <clears throat> um, also, this is used a lot. Of, remember, remember a couple of years ago that it was a thing to take dead musicians and have them on stage performing. Oh, yes, yeah. Michael Jackson, Tupac. Why did they do yeah. that? Yeah, that was not a great. Wow, I'm so glad it. that didn't stick. Uh, well, actually, this year the Mothers of Invention are going on tour with a Frank Zappa. Who is God. dead, Whoa. as you might know. And it's going to be using. I guess Pepper's of all the ghost. people, Frank would be pretty stoked. Probably. I feel like that's his, that's his jam for yeah. sure. Um, so that's this year. That's, that's going to be happening. We're on a first with, name with basis. So ghost. I, I yeah, can say Frank. Frank. But yeah, so it's still widely used today, has been for like. It's a good stage technique. I like years it. Now. That is really cool. This like, you so know, Pepper's illusion ghost. from the 1800s. Sick. They've been doing Whoa. since then. Is that what the movie The Illusionist is about? Yeah. You, wait, really? No, I don't know. The title of oh, Chris's a, sex tape is Illusionist. <laughs> that's wait, one out really? of four movies I've seen. Seriously? The Illusionist? Are you thinking of The Prestige? Are you thinking of The Machinist? Do I love this movie? Then it's The Prestige. <laughs> yes. Okay. And it's not the other one. <laughs> well, Josh fucked up his girlfriend's favorite movie. Oh, no, it's, it's not like her favorite movie. Definitely one of them, though. Well, they don't know that we're uh, together, so we're going to cut all that out. Oh, Why? Yeah. It's fun. No, we want people. You just slowly to, build no, we the want lore. people. No, we mystery. want people to be like they have so much chemistry. They'd be so cute together. Then they'll no, learn that we I actually are. No, the the now OP, this has to stay the OP head canon of the people that listen to this show want Joel and Josh to be together. Yeah, that's oh, okay. Good. Chris, don't see now. You ruined it. No, that's. Oh, because now it's, they're not going to think they came up with it. Well, no, that's okay. They don't need to come up with it. They just need the the seed planted. In I mean, head. ten episodes from now, ep- seed. ten epiphones from now, they're going to know that they <laughs> made it up. Joel comes and up with three portmanteaus. Like he's. The it's king not a portmanteau. That. That's just, just me, like epiphone, failing at the word and then just pretending like I meant to say it that way. <laughs> Not a portmanteau. So there's another part I want. I probably should have brought this up earlier. It's more of the the origins of this than uh, the more modern stuff that I'm getting into. It was popularized by John Pepper, but it wasn't invented by him. Yeah, we um, get it was invented it. by his yeah. ghost. Actually, the, <laughs> it was yeah, John was Pepper's more, ghost no, who invented it. Wait, so it was first documented in 1584. Whoa. Um, by someone whose name is a goddamn nightmare. Uh, Did you go on YouTube John, and John Batista de la Porta? No, that's pretty good. Uh, I don't know if that's good or not. I think you did all right. Um, he was a Neapolitan scientist. I try. I tried to read it. You know, there's like uh, what is it called? Where like you'll look up someone's name, then next to it in parentheses, it has it like spelled out yeah. phonetically. Yeah, yeah, no, no, don't do that. I tried. Type it into I tried YouTube. really hard. No, YouTube. So, my friend. Um, <laughs> this guy, this guy, I'll call him uh, Jam. Mm-hmm. Jam. He is a he was a Neapolitan scientist. He uh, was the guy credited with discovering uh, the camera obscura, mm-hmm. which is when it's like a pinhole and an image goes through it and that gets projected upside down. Wow! Oh, okay, yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. it's the same guy who did both these things. That's well, he amazing. he discovered yeah he discovered that or he's credited with discovering it. And this this was the first documented. He he wrote about 
Pep, what what we call Pepper's ghost, obviously long before John Pepper was even born or thought about being born. Right. This is just like somebody was like, I have an idea, and John Pepper was like, No, but you should just do it like this because it makes way more sense. And yeah. it was so like, this yeah. this guy wrote like a whole essay in his his work, um, which uh, like ma- Magica Naturalis is natural magic in in Italian, and I did not pronounce it correctly. But it means natural magic, and uh, it was an illusion titled "How We May See in a Chamber Things That Are Not." <laughs> That's the Sweet. best. Title. Yeah. It's really good. So they shortened it to Pepper's. Ghost. That's the title of this episode. So just a fun thing that I thought was fun. Uh, the gorillas do it when they're on tour. That's because they're they're animated. Oh, so it's the, when you see the gorillas live. That's awesome. Yeah. Hate hate to break it to you. It's not real. They're not really there. What about? They're not um, even in the same state. They don't even go on tour. Death Clock. <laughs> death Clock, yeah. That's Does what Death Clock do that? Of. I don't know. No, no I'm like, asking. Do they tour? No, I think they, no, they Death no. Clock, I, I think, is like... They're on stage. What's the guy's name, the creator? Brendan Small? I think it's actually just him and like a band. No, no, they, well, no, yeah, they have a band behind the, It's behind a screen, but yeah. yeah it's, oh, they, it's a, they definitely have projections or something. I don't know. Well, hey, guys... Thanks for listening. I really am glad I got to talk to you about this today, and I had a really good time, and I hope... You had a good time too. I love this concept, so I really enjoyed it too. I've never, Thanks. yeah. I'm a big fan of, of the before. haunted mansion. It's like a really oddly, like, beautiful ride. It's not scary. I feel like I need to say something to break the tension of this ridiculous <laughs> antics that you're doing right now, but I can't. Can't think of anything funny to say. Well, hey. So the, you know I guess what? Chris is done. Yeah. Well. Well. We'll be right back, you guys. Welcome back. All right, Josh, what's it going to be? All right, so there are a lot of things in the world. Tell me about wow, it. Wow, you are starting That's kind of like, it's all right, we're going to narrow it down You are starting wide. That was the whole premise of the show. Right? So, all I right. guess so there are a lot of things in the it. world, and people often have opinions on the things that are in the world, you know? But few things in the world. Is your topic the internet? Because I'm going to be almost, upset. Almost. But few things in this world are as polarizing as the Chrysler PT Cruiser. Oh, I thought my God. I literally thought Get you were going to say fuck Christ. out of here with that shit. I thought you were going to say Christ for a the minute. Christ. I thought the more, <laughs> there's nothing more polarizing than Christ. <laughs> well, the Chrysler Ooh, great. PT Cruiser. Great topic. The Chrysler okay. PT Cruiser, you know? Yeah. So, uh, well, well, let's let's start. Uh, how do you all feel about the Chrysler PT Cruiser? Because I'm sure you all have feelings about it. Yeah, I really feel attacked that you're bringing this in as your topic because you know that my uh immediate my immediate and extended family were all crushed by a pt cruiser and then it laughed at me and drove away well in my research that doesn't surprise me at all i uh does it it kill a lot of people because that's not i lied that's not a thing well my family you can't see out of the back of it so yeah a lot of people back into things because they can't there's the windows too i feel torn about them i'm gonna give you a point i'm gonna give joel a point right there it's a problem it was a legal issue the thing that i liked the most about the pt cruiser was the wood paneling they released a, a, a whole line with the wood paneling, and I was they very did. happy. They were like, it's a woody wagon now. Yeah, Joel, 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 you're on fire with the, oh, your PT yeah. Cruiser All right, wait, let me, let me share some of my PT Cruiser knowledge. Um, I'm very torn about them because I 
they're very nostalgic for me because I remember when they came out and thought they were so weird. But on the other hand, I thought they were so weird. And then also, I associate them. Wait, what was that? (laughs) I think they're weird. But on the other hand, I think they're they're weird. She's saying that the weird thing is a good thing, but it's also a bad thing. Yeah. Okay. Good, weird, bad, weird. I get that. But I, I associate it with like getting punched. You know? No, no, that's a punt. That's a that's it's a, a Volkswagen. Yeah. No, you'd say PT Cruiser, no Bruiser. Oh crap! What? She's right. Wait, what kind of? Oh shit! Where is that? Just pulled where? Out the, the, no. that a, I'm, I'm definitely PT Cruiser Bruiser is a real yeah, thing. PT, PT Cruiser, Cruiser Bruiser, Bruiser, look it up. That's a no. cheap knockoff nope. of some that's bullshit. That's punch buggy. No, nope. well, it's a it's a variant of the game. So the punch buggy is legitimate. That is a punch. It is a simple punch. You get a punch for the punch buggy. Whatever. PT Cruiser Bruiser. That is a one-two punch that, my friend, that is like a full-on, you need to leave a bruise. All right, well, either way, I don't I don't want to talk about the violent aspects surrounding the PT Cruiser. <laughs> that's literally all I associate it with. Look, well, dude. that's your problem, so we're going to we're going to get past the violent side of things. I thought that was going to be a very a, violent yeah, topic. Yeah, I thought this uh-huh. was going to be a big part of it. Well, let me at least direct your hatred toward the appropriate people. So, the PT Cruiser was designed by Brian Nesbit, and he lives the name, uh, like, I don't Nesbitt. I know, right? And it's Brian with a Y. Oh, oh. no. Oh, Brian. I happen Brian. to like the name Brian with a Y. I think it looks better. You I think it feels better. You specifically like Brian with I a do. Y? I do. I think Brian with a Y Whoa. is a good name. Few topics I are as For a point, what does PT stand for? No, we're not going to oh start, God, doing, so good. We're not gonna start doing questions I, like I that. I literally thought of that as a joke because I was like, nobody knows what the PT stands oh, for. No, it's we, a trick. We know what the PT Pacific stands for. Pacific Transit. I was going to say Pacific, but I was not going to say Transit. Can you tell who doesn't have a pop filter? Everybody say PT real quick into their microphones. Okay. PT. <laughs> Chris is PT. desperately trying to get through his pop filter. All right, so, uh, Pretty terrible. Ooh. These are all way better than what it actually stands for. You're going to be so pissed once pregnant I tell you. It's like someone's dumb pregnant tree fuck horse ass name. tree. It stands houses. for. Wait, don't do it yet. Piss Terrace. I want oh. to get that one out of the way. Right, yeah. See, these are all way better than what it actually is. It stands Pickle for. Pickle tar you fingers. Hate it. You guys are going to hate it. Here we go. Personal transport. Shut Personal the fuck up, transport. Josh. I feel like Holy I was close shit. with Christ. Pacific Transit. I feel like I was pretty close. You were. You were. That was very close. Do I get, can I have like half a point? I'll, I'll give you a quarter. Chrysler. I'll give that's you a quarter bad. point. That's, that's a stretch, but I'll give you a quarter point. Jesus Chrysler. All right. Maybe it'll just be one-fifth a point. So. Yeah. Can we make another Chrysler joke real quick while we just lose points? Well, for hang it? on. There are also more jokes to be made because the only reason that it was <laughs> a Chrysler I'm really car, glad there's, there's more jokes to be made in our comedy podcast. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that a good thing? If you run out of jokes, then you're, you're ruining it. Josh is really good at wrangling us back onto the topic. No, no, no. Go, go, go. You go, also go. can't say it's a comedy podcast because then that we're like, makes us feel like we need to be yeah. funny. No. Yes. And then if we're not funny, funny. someone's yeah, going to hear that. you say comedy podcast. They're going to go as if and they're going to turn it off. Yeah. Oh, um, strike that from the record. Yeah. This right. whole thing is in the show, by the way. No. Nothing Absolutely not. Uh, definitely let, not. Let the man talk. So yeah. the PT stands for personal transport and it's awful. 
Yeah. Right. That's that's awful. Um, and it was originally intended to be a Plymouth car. Do you guys remember the car manufacturer oh, yeah. Plymouth? And they made that thing the Plymouth Prowler. Mm-hmm. No, you guys I don't remember, remember that? that. It was very phallic. It was very long, and it was a confusing looking thing. Is well, it what it the, the amb- wait? Is it what the ambiguously gay duo drove? <laughs> kind of. Do you remember that from Saturday Night Live? No. no. Oh, okay. I do remember. Very well, maybe. Stephen Colbert voiced one So of the them. Plymouth Prowler was only manufactured from like 1993 to 1997 or something. There, there were not too many of them. Um, so originally the PT Cruiser was going to be a Plymouth car because it was good, had this hot rod kind of look. Um, and what world is that a hot rod? Well, so here, this is interesting. I, I learned this in my research. Um, they were super popular at first because a bunch of other car companies were bringing back and updating some of their retro models, um, like Ford Mustang GT uh, or the Ford Thunderbird. Sure. So retro um, remasters. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. all really bad. So by the they way. were like, horrendous. So Chrysler was going for the look of a 1930s mobster getaway car. I love that that was their concept. That was their motivation. I hate that they failed so badly. Like, I didn't realize there was a gap in the market for, you know, mobster fantasy. I I would would buy the hell out of that. If it yeah. looked like something out of a Superman comic book, I would be all over it. And it kind of does, but it also kind of looks like it was made in the 2000s and out of plastic. So I, I don't so want it. I haven't been, I know we're kind of deep into it at this point, but I haven't been able to visualize a PT Cruiser. Look at oh, oh, it G- Chris, my friend, you're going to see it and you're going to immediately challenge. diarrhea your underpants. Don't do that on he the show. He won't be able to help it, Joel. I mean, we don't have time. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I've seen these. Wait, wait, let me just refresh my memory. Uh, Yeah, definitely. So, you know, people either love them or they absolutely despise them. Everybody just take a minute. If you already have not, look it up because it's disgusting. You all know what a PT Cruiser looks like. What about the people who have them? No, there's definitely a whole generation of people who fucking literally haven't seen it because they haven't been on the road in 10 years. Think about this. Yeah. When was the last time you saw a PT Cruiser on the road? I feel like I've seen one. The last time I saw one was one of the wood panel ones and I was stoked. So I gave the guy a high five. They stopped production in 2010. Um, we're in 2019 now, so they haven't been produced for nine years and, uh, a little more on this later, but Chrysler doesn't have a reputation for cars that last a long time. So, uh, Anyway, Chrysler so also kind they're of all broken now. Well, yeah. So Chrysler kind of also pulled some pretty dodgy stuff with manufacturing this car. So the PT Cruiser, it looks kind of weird. You know, it's kind of halfway between a car because it's got a hatchback and four doors and it sits real low to the ground. But it also has the terrible gas mileage of a truck. And technically, the PT Cruiser is classified as a truck Are you by the me? National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Based, damn it. Based, based Based on calculations of fuel economy, so it gets such bad mileage, it's considered a truck. It's a hatchback that's built on a truck frame. It's a nightmare. So much more. It's it's not really built on a truck frame. Uh, A lot of people have compared it to like a Dodge Neon. Didn't they make a version of it that was like a a, no? They no 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 wait wait wait. I'm thinking of uh, I'm thinking of 
of a Chevy. Chevy redid yes. like their 30s so the model same, truck. The same guy that designed the PT Cruiser designed that weird fucking looking oh Chevy thing. Yeah. And they also did the same thing where it was kind Can of marketed a as that? a car, but it had terrible mileage and was kind of a, a truck or whatever. Yeah, Joel, you get another point. It was kind of a truck car. So there are rumors that Chrysler purposely did that and intended the PT Cruiser to be classified as a light truck so it could lower the average fuel economy of the Chrysler trucks to meet what? the standards set by the corporate average fuel economy. Oh my God. So it was all just like a con. Kind of, yeah. Slimy. It was all a lie. Guys, just, just think about the sheer fucking effort that went into that oh project plan. Somebody was like, Yes. And like the designers had no idea what was going on. The fucking mechanics had no idea what was going on. And these guys were like, we're doing it, guys. It's it was just be like two guys glorious in a in an office just on jerking the each other off floor. Yeah, smoking cigarettes so and giving each other we're reach make around. So much fucking money. So, so you know how sometimes you try something new and it's the greatest thing ever. But the five hundredth time you've done that thing, it's not nearly as awesome as the first time you do whatever that thing is. You up the PT Jacking Cruiser. Off. What are you yeah. trying to tell us? Well, the PT Josh? Cruiser. The PT Cruiser had the same effect. <laughs> so while it had a couple different forms, most notably they had a convertible PT Cruiser that came out in 2005. So classic, oh, and the, the Transformer one too. Wait. Yeah, the Bumblebee is that the the uh, Bumblebee? Bumblebee is which a PT one? Cruiser. I don't know. Uh, he is now. So they, they those came out in 2005. Um, and they I haven't seen one in a while. They had right? tons of trim options. So Joel was saying earlier, they were like the wood panel things. So it's all synthetic. Just throw out, it's all like real decals, quick, like basically. Plymouth and Chrysler both, they were really into the whole wood paneling thing. Because mm-hmm. I remember like seeing the Plymouth vans, like the minivans, have the paneling. And uh, yeah, it, it, it was, it's awful. It's, none of it's real wood, which is like a good woody wagon from like, you know, the 70s. Was woody like, wagon? Yeah. yeah. What? That's what they're going for. That's what they're doing. The, a woody wagon. Can somebody show Caitlin a picture of a Woody wagon? You would know please? it if you saw it. It's got surfboards on the top. You're with Chevy Chase, and you're oh wow, yeah. You're in a That's family. The, it's the car from National Family Vacation. Lampoon. Okay, yeah, National Lampoon. Yeah. Where are they going though? Where, where are they going? Wally, What's the name of the park? Wally, 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 Wally World. It's a moose. I just remember it being a moose, and I don't remember what the hell it's called. So anyway, you know the PT Cruiser didn't really undergo any significant oh, changes. Ramunto and fucking, you know. You know what I'm saying? Woogity woogity, baby. Raymundo? Yeah. Did you say Ramunto? No, Ramunto's is a pizza restaurant. It's different. Ramundo. Ray Ray Raymundo. Whatever. It's not whatever. It's Raymundo from Rocket Power. (laughs) Anyway. Rocket Power. Woody Wagon. Look it up. So there were no major changes throughout the entire production of the PT Cruiser, and it got stale. Uh... They dropped in popularity, big time, and maybe Chrysler didn't want to fix something that they thought wasn't broken, uh, or they thought that any changes would tarnish the distinct appearance of the PT Cruiser, but by 2010, people weren't really buying them, Uh, and by the end of production, they had manufactured over 1.35 million PT Cruisers. That's a lot of PT Cruisers. That's a lot of Cruisers. How many of those didn't ever personal transport anybody around? Uh, I don't know, but, you know. It's interesting to know, like, you know, they made a lot. Who bought them, really? So they, they were not too ridiculously expensive. They were usually around 18500 new for kind of the base model. 
and then they had some models with extra add-ons and then you know it ends up around 25 30 grand or whatever uh and you know you could always debate how ugly it is or whatever but mechanics universally hated pt cruisers so i'm not a car expert or anything but my research suggests that chrysler has a bit of a reputation for using cheap shoddy parts and for just having a pretty poor build quality overall and uh mechanics seem to have to work on pt cruisers quite frequently and they have kind of developed a hatred of them so access to things that you would think are kind of trivial in a car you know like the battery or whatever uh requires disassembly of multiple components oh my god so if you wanted to get into the battery uh in a pt cruiser you have to first take out the air intake uh nope 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 and crucial components like the timing belt and water pump frequently failed uh, I mean, after just yeah. a couple years. And problems with those parts could cause problems for other parts of the engine, and repairs could easily be, you know, over one or $2,000. Yeah. And when you consider the car was $18,500 new, that's a lot of money. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so they don't last too long. Uh, they also do have really poor visibility and maneuverability due to the terrible design. And well, uh, has, I guess um, it doesn't have a wheel. It has a joystick, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's part of well, it. That was the, the that was, first yeah, problem. And, and you had to that do the, the first mistake. It had all those pedals like a helicopter and that the, didn't actually gas or, you know, it just moved. And it the acceleration is yeah. just a pressure sensitive button that you have to push with varying intensity. Right. I have heard about this. And no brake. And it only it didn't have a, it only had a, a cassette player. It didn't have a CD player. No, it actually did have a CD player. Oh, it's not that bad. Never a multi, like a, a multi deck. CD player, but uh, I guess they're cool if you have uh, a mobster fantasy where you also have to drive a land boat that you can't really see out of too very good, and it breaks down. So, but if that's what you're looking for, then it's, it's a great car. Yeah. So, can I ask what made you choose this as your topic? Yeah, this is a good one, Josh. Yeah, what interested you about I'm, this? I'm I'm very glad that you brought it because, yeah. god damn, it's hilarious. I don't know. A few days ago, I just I I thought of a PT Cruiser, and I was like. These things are fucking weird. I wonder. <laughs> I wonder how that came to be because they What's look up weird. With these things, and then it ended up kind of leading me to a Chrysler conspiracy to uh, lower the average fuel economy of their trucks. Huh? Just pretty dodgy. Bonkers. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So well, fuck that. Thanks. Why are you? We'll be right back. Oh, you thought we were done? No, we're back. Joel, let's do it. Do it now. All right, guys. So I uh, just started the process of purchasing a home. Brag. Yeah. Um, it's a condo. I'm not bragging. It's in Roslindale. I'm a Rosie now. Um, Is that what they call you? Yeah. I had to hire a lawyer for the first time ever. Did you have to wear a suit? For the first time ever? No. To, to hire a lawyer? No, I didn't wear a goddamn suit. I'm hiring a lawyer. There's no reason to wear a suit. Just out of respect. Um, of what? The phone call? Yeah. No, I'm not going to wear a suit to a phone call. You gotta look nice for a phone call, Guys, that's Joel. not the point. Was it I, a Skype sesh? I needed a lawyer because I'm buying a house. So I look up this guy who was recommended by my agent, and his name is something like uh, John Cena Esquire. And I'm like... His name is John Cena? That was... A- that was a fake name, Caitlin. That was a fake name. I don't want to give his real name on the on the podcast. Is your topic Esquire? 
My topic is the title Esquire. Oh, it's just you're a lawyer. Nice, Isn't that what it is? Dude. You're just a lawyer. No, no, well, let me just... I bet we're going to learn, Chris. So, I don't understand where the fucking term Esquire came from. I love it. I think it it's was the, It was the magazine first, I think. No, mm, it was not. That's wrong. That's the joke, Caitlin. <laughs> so, originally, uh, it came from the United Kingdom's social hierarchy. So, as you know, like, there's gentlemen... Yes. Okay, and the next level up from gentleman is technically esquire. Um, and then what's after that? Yeah, actually, I like this a how lot. How does it go? It, uh, <laughs> the, the next one's up. It, 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 they're knights. So knights. Oh, uh, you go so, from esquire to knight. Yeah. Wow, that's so it's, it's very yeah. quick. Yeah, it's very quick. You have gentleman, esquire, oh, you knight. Have to be a, so, oh my god! Like squire. Squire. It's for like oh, squire. Yeah. It's my god. So, my yeah. mind is. What is right. below? I'm going to get a point for that because it's not right, what's right before knight. It's that's not. You, uh, it's not directly stated that that's where it came from, but it's very much inferred. So I'm going to let her. So what? Um, Josh, what comes before gentleman? Nice. Uh, schlub. I, there's nothing. Oh, there isn't. Schlub, the gentleman. What a Technically, there is no title. Bef- you do not have a title if you are not a gentleman. From schlub You're to just knight, a peasant hack. Right. So it's it's so um, what they call the landed gentry. Yep. Basically, a bunch of douchebag landlords who could survive with no other income other than their rent. So, if you can just live off the rent of your land, you were part of the landed gentry. Okay. And you had a title. That's a very elite club. So, like I said, above the rank of of gentleman, which is the lowest rank, and below the rank of knight, which is given only by royalty. So, you can't be a knight unless you're royal decree of a knight. Uh, unless you're knighted, yeah, as like, they say. Yeah, like, like uh, Ringo Starr. Or Patrick Stewart. Or Ian McKellen. And right. those are the only three. Yep. So it's defined in slightly different ways throughout the years. Like, uh, it was originally started by a dude named John Fern. Cena? Oh. John Cena <laughs> decided in 1586 that um, basically that you could be an esquire so the concept is that uh let me let me just explain a little bit about john fern because the the fact that somebody could say that this is a class now is here's what his background was this guy was a writer specifically he wrote about um heraldry which is the study of uh armoral bearings or um, the study of coat of arms okay. and right. armor, Heraldry. armor design, sure. kind of, you know. Heraldry. So, I'm just trying to trying out the word heraldry. Yeah, heraldry. It suits you. Yeah, also a genealogist. So he studied like the lineage of royal families. Oh yeah, and that like goes along with 1586 guys. Like this guy's like he's old. Yeah, that goes yeah, along with his love point. of heraldry, too. Mm-hmm. No, heraldry. Right, Harold and Jean. You're losing it. <laughs> I lost it. Let me get heraldry. He was also a, uh, what they call a common lawyer, or an eminent common lawyer. So he Just for, like, practiced common general law. stuff. In, in general, he came up with the idea that, uh, this, is the, this is the definition of Esquire during 1586, the 1580s. Great. Great decade. Offices of justice. Yeah, that was a good decade. Offices of justice or government in the king's palace. Those are esquires. Okay. Um, advocates and uh, procurators of sovereign. 
This is, I'm wrapping my head around all of this for uh, sure. Sergeants of the Quaff. Of the Quaff? Officers no, of is, Sheriff. What is the Quaff These one can't mean? all be real. Escheter or Sergeant of Arms. Well, that so, one Esquire. makes sense. Eldest, this is my favorite. Eldest born of Baron, peer of the realm, or that of a knight. That's a magic card. Mm-hmm. Yep. That is a magic the gathering card. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Baron, peer of the realm. Yeah, that's a magic. Yeah. Yeah. That's you, you tap Gosh. your mana. Yep. It yep. takes three mana. Okay, let's get let's get Chris off of magic real quick. Is color? So uh, it's black. The definition Ooh. was updated in 1623. There's so there's there's a bunch of other douchebags who also do a bunch of research in genealogy and the history of coat of arms and all that shit. And they all just keep updating this shit. So defined again in 1623. Who cares? The eldest. This is the definition. In 1623, the eld- this is <laughs> these get really fun. The eldest sons of knights and their eldest sons in perpetuity. Can yeah, you say that, that like me. you are a jester reading aloud? Yes, the- I I certainly can. Oh, fun! No, I'm not. No. <laughs> the eldest sons. Oh, wait, there's more. This is the next one. The eldest sons of younger sons of peers and their eldest sons in perpetuity. Joel, can, can, can you juggle? You seem like you know yeah. how to juggle. I so fucking can juggle. That That's does so not good. surprise me yes. at all. I can, I can two-handed juggle, and I can one-handed juggle, Sick. but I can only juggle three things at the most. So that don't throw anything at me. Cause very I on that. brand for you. Yeah. Cool. Um, so esquires can also be created by the king. What do you mean created? So you can be not. You can be esquired. Squired. I don't know what the term would be. It's not knighted, but you can be, the king can say, you're a squire now. Um, this is, again, 1623. The other one is uh, esquires of office, such as justices of the peace and those holding an office of trust under the crown. Okay. Those can be esquires. Gotcha. Now, it was so updated. They, so they like this guy. Uh, hang on. This was 1623. Update. Update number three. 1632, update number 4, 1830, update number 5, 1877, and update number 6 is 1894. Now, from then on, they kind of said, fuck it. Around the 20th century, they started to mm, stop worrying about titles and bullshit. Now, the, the UK has always been very, very, very much into this shit. So, India did it a little bit, Scotland did it a lot of bit. It happens. But so if we bring it up to current day a little bit here, we're gonna we're gonna get into the modern definition. Um, this is Oxford's dictionary, Oxford Dictionary, 2016. In the British environment, a polite title appended to a man's name when no other title is used, typically in the address of a letter or other documents. So it, it's just when they can't think of anything better to call you. It's more like they don't know what your actual title is, so therefore they just know that you have one. They don't want to give substitute. you. They don't want to disrespect you by not giving Correct. you any title. That's it, and that is fucking fascinating. I love that shit. That's the kind of stuff that's like politeness does not exist in the world currently, and that is one of those things where it's like we wouldn't give a fuck to make that even a concept currently. 
You know? I'm going to do it now. I mean, now, yeah. Now you, everyone you is going to be an Esquire. I just think it's fun to think of the fact that, like, you're so concerned with addressing another person and possibly offending them in a way so you make up this fucking title that's not a title. Imagine if, like, YouTube comments today, people arguing about stupid shit. <laughs> but they're like they're like still trying to be polite and they call each other esquire yes when addressing each other yes i love it and so then, and then talking about teabagging their moms yep because As- because their uh headshot was cheating and vaping oh Jules. vaping vape life Vape Life Esquire. Vape Lord Esquire. Love it. The uh so it's usually titled so like when you when you um I guess if someone was a vape lord, you wouldn't need Esquire because that's their title is Vape Lord. Yeah, that Vape Lord is its own title. <laughs> okay. Correct. Esquire Vape Lord. No, Esquire always comes as a suffix. It, oh, so specifically in documents like if you're not saying if you're not signing off a lot of the time it it's for the intro of a of a document or for the heading of a letter. So like on the t- front of an envelope, you would say JC Person Esquire. Well, I was close. Yeah. <laughs> right. I so Josh, I think Josh should get a point for that. Yeah. Let's give him a point. Let's keep going with. Uh, I'll give Josh a point. Sure. Sick. Thanks. I wasn't even listening. I said J.C. Penny. He Thank made, you. He made a good joke. Thank you. It's good. J.C. Penny Esquire. That works. All right. I'm. I. Josh gets a point. This is the Oxford Dictionary. The second. Uh, definition. North American, chiefly U.S., a title appended to the surname of a lawyer of either sex. So, you can be a male or female lawyer and get this, the, the, the appendice or suffix on your name that says Esquire. Okay. Which is wild, because that's not how that works. <laughs> you guys are very impressed, I can tell. Uh... <laughs> Oh, I mean, yeah. That's... So let, let let's just let's just consider the 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 I guess the pop culture aspect of Esquire is as a mockery. So Esquire sounds like very pretentious. It's uh was mocked in uh the media or literature as early as the 16th century by um Shakespeare. So already it was being joked about. The, just the, the idea of, of being like, uh, Esquire, which is like So it, be, it, was, it was a meme in Shakespeare's time. Yeah, yeah, Shakespeare so was like. now it's like a post, post-modern. That's a deep-fried. Anti-deep-fried <laughs> meme. Anti-deep, yeah. anti-backwards anti deep reversed meme. Yeah. Trans-dimensional meme. Yes. So he created a character called Robert Shallow, who is a justice of the peace and a landowner, obviously. Um, and he, uh, it, it, it was pompous even then. So like, they, they knew it was stupid. Like they were like, you're just doing that because you don't have a title and you want to be called Esquire because you can't, you don't actually have a title because you're a piece of shit. So, uh, in the UK, the term became interchangeable with the title Mr. So regardless of status by the mid 20th century, you would just abbreviate Esquire with ESQ. At the end of somebody's name. So it's like you were typing on a typewriter and you forgot to put Mr. So instead of getting a whole new page in there and starting over, you can just type ESQ at the end and no harm, no foul. 
Sure. That's what it was. Or you were like typing to somebody who you were like, wow, this guy's piece of shit. I don't know what to call him. I'll just put Esquire at the end. It's so literally like disrespectful. If you, did, if you did not have a grander title, they would just call you Esquire. So it really um, says a lot about the person calling writing. someone an Esquire, probably more than the person being right, called exactly. Esquire. The writers can just like substitute that in there yeah. for any like professional designation that they don't know about. Yeah, it's great. It's also used by some fraternal orders. Esquire is a degree in the Freemasonry. Just kind of fun. If you're a Freemason, you could become an Esquire. Uh, I don't know what level, but don't ask. Uh, also, uh, Bill's uh, from Bill and Ted is Bill Preston Esquire. Esquire. Yeah, why is that? He just he just decided it's part of his name. No reason. The end. Whoa. Welcome back to one of the four experts. Caitlin, what do we got? So I wanted to talk to you guys today about something I encountered as a child, but haven't really thought about much since then. I won't, I won't say I oh, haven't thought about that it. That sounds, that sounds <laughs> dirty. We're not therapists. Um, yeah, I mean. So I, I wanted to know more about this this particular thing that I encountered and it was I'm not going to go there. I don't want to go there. It was in my 6th grade science class. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. Uh and Yep, we're getting there. It was called it was a show called The Voyage of the Mimi. Of the what? Mimi. Mimi. Yeah. Mimi. Uh Voyage of the Mimi. Is it involved Drew Carey? No, I'll I'll <laughs> let you know why. Because that was a character from. Oh, that uh, was a character. Does it involve La Boheme? The Drew Carey show. Thank but, you. Yes. Or Rent. Nope, it's not about rent. It's it's definitely not about rent. Um, so in the early 1980s, the U.S. Department of Education put out a request for proposals for a middle school multimedia science curriculum that would include TV, computer software, video discs, teacher guides, and other educational materials. Mimi, yeah, I got it. No, <laughs> so what is it? M- the, mesmerizing m- the mermaids. Voyage, the voyage of the Mimi. Gotcha. PBS answered the call. Via something called the Bank Street College of Education, which is a private nonprofit educational institution in Manhattan. It has a bunch of different colleges. Is Manhattan one of the M's in Mimi? No. God, I'm trying to figure it out. I can't do the, it. I'll get, I'll get to it. So the, the Bank Street College of Education includes a graduate school, uh, an independent school for children, professional development and social programs. Um, and it used its resources to pitch a 13-episode educational TV program to PBS. And they did it. Uh, Let me guess, Teletubbies. No. No, it's the the Mimi thing, dude. Okay, all right. (laughs) Where have you been, Joel? I don't know if they were, like, part of the Mimi thing. It's very confusing. So, the Bank Street... Is it animated? No, the Bank Street College of Education recruited Samuel Y. Gibbon, Jr., who was a producer on shows like Sesame Street and The Electric Company that were wildly popular so with kids. Can't go wrong. You yeah, they're can't both, go those wrong. Are solid. They're 100%. they're like we smart shows that hook kids in and like just love them. Um, and so they got this guy, and he created an again educational. So this was to be used in schools mostly, and it was used in my sixth grade class. Each episode was thirty minutes long with 
consisting of two segments. The first segment was a fictional storyline with actors, one of which was Ben Affleck. It was the first <laughs> thing he was ever in. That's amazing. <laughs> so little baby Ben Affleck, uh, it plays the grandson of a sea captain who's a real sea captain in real <laughs> life. And he's also the actor in this program. And he's the owner he's seen of some the boat. Shit. And they yeah. asked him to come do this thing yes. with little baby Ben Affleck. With little baby Ben <laughs> Affleck. Little snot-nosed Ben Affleck. <laughs> yep. Hasn't acted a day in his goddamn life. And this guy's probably had his best friend eaten by a shark. Exactly. He And he, he has to stand like there. That guy Literally the Jaws. guy from fucking Jaws. He read a like goddamn script written for stupid <laughs> fucking children. Yes. So that was the first segment was this... Uh, fictional storyline about a research crew t- uh, doing a whale census. I'm just imagining Ben oh, Affleck side by side trying to act next to this guy. And the guy's like, what the fuck is your problem, you little brat? And he's just like, acting, though. The I'm guy, acting. The guy was off <laughs> script the entire time. Jesus Christ. How, how does just a whale smoking census? Mad so whale census, time. meaning they were gathering information about whales, I think. Is basically what it means. <laughs> you just awesome. like, you knock on a whale's door and be like, and you hand him a How survey, many dependents but- do you have? <laughs> 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 so the first part was this research crew, um, of which Ben Affleck, I'll, I'll get more into the, the fictional storyline, but the second segment, the second 15 minute segment, was the actors, so little baby Ben Affleck, uh, interviewing. Real scientists and experts in whatever the first uh, 15 minute segment was about. So, it, like, it, it was sort of a show like Zoom, if, <laughs> if that's something yes. people remember. Yes. Zoom, got you. Um, yeah, or, um, or Bill Nye, where okay. there would be like, Bill would do his stuff in the lab, but then he would also go out and like talk It'd be to Be in a music and, video. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, I, Drive a I didn't car know into if, the and water. I didn't know if anyone would have heard of this because it the series was shot in Marblehead, Massachusetts, uh, and it takes place in Gloucester. So let me just the the, the series is called Voyage of the Mimi. Voyage yeah? of the Mimi because that's the boat that they are uh, that they are uh, taking the whale census on. <laughs> good. Okay. Yeah. So Wait, the whole is this show the, the is premise? about the whale census? I thought there was an episode. Is this each the- episode is about contains two segments. The first part of the episode is a fictional storyline about oh, oh. a research crew taking a whale census. Okay, right, but, right. That, but it's, it's like an ongoing story yeah. that lasts... Okay, every I thought episode, that was like one episode was that. For the is first this... 15 minutes of every episode, you follow that story. Did they get like different actors to, uh, to come in and play whales every episode? And that would be like... No, I think they got footage of whales. Oh. You know? They filmed Wait, it. They I'm, I'm imagining. I'm imagining like the most magical. Children's no, it program. wasn't. No, it wasn't like that. Where like Weird Al is playing a whale. No, 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 no. They don't. It's very realistic. That was the point of it. Was it was very realistic, and you were supposed to learn from it. So there would be like a Can we segment. Playhouse meets a whale family. Like what is happening? Yeah. No, you were supposed to actually learn from this, and these were practical things. Um, and so they, for example, they they would like teach you how to tie knots in one episode and that was like part of the plot of this fictional storyline it wasn't it wasn't fantasy at all um 
But yeah, it was supposed I mean, to be it educational. Was a little bit though, right? Like you said, no, oh, it was fiction. Yeah, <laughs> but not all fiction is fantasy. Okay. Okay, so the fictional segment follows scientists taking a census of humpback whales off the coast of Massachusetts. Uh, the owner of the sailboat, the Mimi, which is Captain Granville, and that's the grandfather of Ben Affleck's character. Uh, oh, and they're named the same thing. Like, they have the same name. And so he, he, little baby Ben Affleck goes to stay with his grandfather for the summer because to give his pregnant mom a break. That's, that's the reason. His pregnant mom just, like, can't stand his presence. So they have the same Affleck. first name or the same? Well, that, I would yeah. assume they have the same last yeah, name. Yeah, first and last name. Okay. Um, so he was named after his grandfather. Right. But so he's, he's like never junior. really he's hung the, out with him. He's the junior. Or actually, it doesn't count for junior because he's his grandfather, right? Yeah. That's no, he wasn't word. a junior. But Weird. he, like, hasn't hung out with his grandfather in a while. So his mom's like, go live with him for the summer and help him with his research crew taking a census of humpback whales yeah, leave me the because fuck alone, i can't you little you're insufferable get out of here and i can't stand to look at you because i'm pregnant right now <laughs> and you remind me i could have two of you Yikes. Too real man oh, wow. yeah so yeah he he goes and visits his grandfather and also part of the crew it are two or a scientist and her graduate research assistant and each scientist also invites a high school student to take part in the study and sort of shadow them. So there are also two high school students and they all get along great and learn how to tie knots and learn about other nautical stuff like the other kind of knots where the- <laughs> <laughs> just a lot of fucking knots yeah, in this A lot show. of different kinds of knots. Jesus square knots. Yeah. And, fa- knots. and fathoms. <laughs> they, they probably learn about fathoms. That's that's a yeah. thing that they and would learn, leads. you know. You know, like, and, like yeah. port and starboard and, and, and uh, knots, as in the speed. I that's what that's I what meant. meant yeah, I knots all different and the kinds other of knots. knots. Oh. <laughs> yeah, right over um, my head it went. So in the second segment, one of the kids, so little baby Ben Affleck, may interview a real, in some cases, well-known scientist about his or her work. Uh, some of them include oceanographer Sylvia Earle, geologist Kim Castens, zoologist Catherine Payne. Greg Watson of the New Alchemy Institute and oh, physicist Ted Taylor. So you know, like, all the ones you know and love. Uh, yeah. They're all there. All, all those your, famous scientists. All your friends are here. Yeah, and all your it's faves. Like, this is Sesame Street on a boat. Yeah, and so the reason why um, this was a really great partnership with the Bank Street College of Education and the PBS, what PBS ended up producing was that they did a lot of uh, research and there are documents in the Bank Street College of Education's archives that they did so much focus group work with kids. And there are records that exist of like checking in after every episode in uh, pre-production or no, before post-production. They would show kids like rough so cuts. Yeah. <laughs> they would show kids rough cuts of the episodes and get their feedback on it. We have all of this and it's really interesting. And they really took the kids' opinions to heart. And that's why it was so successful. That's and, why nobody wants to watch it now. <laughs> yeah. It was a show directed so, by children. It was terrible. So actually. So Were a, you one of the children? <laughs> Did you? Do you get royalties no, no, every no. time you talk about it? No, but. She's having severe flashbacks of like, what is his name? Sailor? What's, but his, the, what's the captain? Sailor Captain Granville. 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 But 
Grand- Captain, Sailor so Grand that, that guy, Captain the Grand actor Grand who played Captain Granville, he was, he owned the real life Voyage of the Mimi, which is a French built sailboat that's 72 feet in length, originally built in 1934 to function as a deep hulled cargo base. So she so, was built in Northwest France in the region of Brittany. And yeah, after serving many years in the Northern part of France, she was sold to an owner in the Southern part of France where she was converted to a fishing trawler, which is sort of the start of where she ends up. Uh, she was used by German soldiers during the second world war to transport munitions and had a whole world war II adventure. And then by 1984, <laughs> Uh, Peter Marston was the actor who played Captain Granville, and he, I thought he said he was. A, I thought he said he was a real sea captain. Yes. Oh, but he is. But he's also an actor. Yeah, his okay. name is Peter Marston. He plays See, Captain Granville. This whole time, I was picturing like, so now not only is it this guy, but also his his boat was dragged into this. <laughs> like I'm picturing this guy right. like out, you know, at the dock, just like he's got a he's got a peg leg. Mm-hmm. He's not a pirate, but he lost a leg. Mm-hmm. Like, he's seen some shit. And then some PBS right. producers come up to him and they go, Hey, nice boat. Would you like to be a boat? And he, he is just not into it. But he somehow gets roped into no, the show. I mean, his boat has a very standard, like, baby boomer life cycle of, like, World War Two, And then blah, 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 blah. Yada, yada, yada. Now I work for PBS. Yeah, that classic, <laughs> that trajectory that <laughs> that we all know. I'm just, I'm just picturing Ben Affleck just asking him about knots, and he's just sitting there. Just every decision he's ever made in his life is just going through his head, and yeah. he's just contemplating killing himself right there. And on then the he made Dogma, and it was great. So Peter Marston acquires the Mimi in 1984, and w- it, so it was used in the late 80s throughout the 90s to teach school children using the Mimi curriculum. So the Mimi would go around and uh, sail from New England to the Gulf of Mexico and back, stopping at prearranged ports of call to meet with students in grades four through seven and their teachers. And at each port, Mimi fests were held, which included various activities and presentations about all the stuff that you will, are watching in the shows. And the events were attended by approximately 30,000 students each year. Whoa. So there's a whole generation of kids that definitely remembers this. So we're going to get like a lot of tweets about this. Oh. I hope so. Uh, did the cast attend these events? Did they do oh, signings and stuff? I would think some of them Okay, did. so follow-up <laughs> question. Do they still happen today? No, follow no. Follow-up question. Does Ben Affleck go every year? No, but he, someone wow. Graham Norton brought up the that he got his start in Voyage of the Mimi when he was a little baby. But he wasn't a baby; he was like a literal baby. <laughs> he was just very young with a bowl. He was a man child. He was and there. So uh, Graham Norton, that talk show, it uh, brought it up in an interview recently, like since he was playing Batman. Yeah, and he sort of laughs about it and says, "Oh yeah, it gets brought up every once." It's my dream to like meet him someday and be like, "I loved you in Voyage of the Mimi." Right, <laughs> not mention anything else. Yeah, not mention a single thing. So, in 1988, Peter Marston and other freelance musicians produced a cassette, "Sea Songs from the Mimi Crew," which was old timey sea songs. 
purchased under the barn school oh i thought it was like i thought it was like the c side of a record like it was like not the a side not the b side we're talking c tracks oh, c songs. <laughs> the worst ones we have the lowest rated but tracks they, we they could sang do. like c shanties and sold it and then that was part of merchandise that they C-shots. would sell at the mimi fests every year so there were okay. parents whose kids forced them to listen to those sea yes, shanties in their cars. Definitely. And along with the cassette, uh, other souvenirs were available, like T-shirts and buttons that said, I was on board the Mimi. And the souvenirs are no longer produced. And they're really... miss this whole generation of yeah, pirates? they're really hard to find on like Amazon or eBay, because that would be such a cool souvenir to have, especially as I... This was part of my curriculum in sixth grade, but I was on the tail end of it because I had no idea about this Mimi Fest stuff. Although I wouldn't have gone anyway because I was in Minnesota at the time. And I think it was for kids on the East Coast because that was the route that they went. East Coast. Because they had an ocean and the sea yeah. and whatever. I've never so, heard of this until right now. Yeah, this is blowing my mind. We're going to watch the intro. Okay. So don't worry about We're that. We're going to what now? But um, the Mimi, the, the end of the Mimi story is a little bit tragic, though. Oh, did it doesn't, Ben Affleck die? It, it, not, <laughs> not yet. But the, no, I'm talking about the end of the Mimi's, like, Oh, the, the boat, fictional, oh, the, the, boat, the boat story. The boat got um, hit by a goddamn Marston, Nazi torpedo. Marston, <laughs> no. Marston. Is that giant shark again? 30 children on board. Marston had the, the Mimi until 1999 and sold it to other people in Gloucester, Massachusetts. And it was that fisherman guy with the yellow hat oh. every yeah. time. And they renamed it Three Mates Inc. for several years. And it had a life with them. And then in, it sort of went into, oh, it was repossessed uh, for financial Ooh, reasons. And in, 2000, the Gordons in 2008, a homeless man had been living aboard it. And that was when, the Gordons he, fisherman. when he was kicked out in an act of revenge, he removed plugs in the belly of the ship and she filled with water and he sunk her. And in the summer of 2010, two recent college graduates of the University of Vermont who were fans of Voyage of the Mimi, the show, they stumbled upon the Mimi at port and mounted an effort to try to save her, but it wasn't successful. And so that's why her story is a little Classic UVM. Yeah, Yo, that time. sucks. Yeah, but it had a good <laughs> long a life and upwards of many 30,000s of children <laughs> <laughs> Upwards of the multiple 30,000s of children. You might even say 60,000. <laughs> in the 80s and 90s, uh, it just brought joy to their, their, their classrooms. I didn't know that. Yeah. Thanks. So, I didn't know any of that. Whoa. We're back. We got points. Well... Some of us got points. Some of us got points. Not all of us got points. Not very many this round. Chris has got a really hard topic, and I think Caitlin had a really hard so topic. So in too. alphabetical order, in alphabetical order, Ooh. Caitlin, two and one quarter points. Nice. One quarter? I gave yeah. her a quarter point. Chris, no points. Aww. Oh, not a one? Holy shit. Not How the one. mighty have not fallen. Oh, man. Joe Pesci, one point. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Joel. 
three points. Oh, oh man. Josh. One point. Nice. Oh, Joel. Joel's our winner. Running away with Ooh, it. Oh, I better get a good one next week, boys. Oh, what's your fabulous prize? You get to pick from three items. Chris, what's the first item? The first item is going to be something I took from you. Door number one. Which is uh, your slippers. I have your slippers. I didn't bring my slippers. Well, you didn't. I brought them. Take them. The second item. Behind door number two is a shiny new Cadillac. What's door number three, Josh? Door number Give me three. something good. Door number three is just a mountain of sand. Where's the Where's the one where I get to start the next episode? <laughs> That's that's just kind of part of all of it. <laughs> okay, it's all any of the doors I pick. No matter um, what, yeah. Also comes with that. Nice. I'm gonna choose my own slippers. Oh, sleeper pick. Interesting. We're choice. we're all out of that one. Right. But, nice. So are we gonna end the show now? We're gonna keep going with this bit. No, but what do you like guys? What, job, what are the Josh. topics Good you bit. guys are bringing next week? So next week, uh, next week I'm going to be talking about how to uh, properly place your rug so it gets the appropriate amount of sunlight in the winter. Next week I'm going to be talking about the life cycle of a cicada. Cicada life cycles, I love it. I'm uh, next week. My topic is going to be how to mount your pictures correctly in a frame made of pasta, dried pasta frames. Mounting pictures in dried pasta frames. Chris, what's your topic next I'm going to be talking about Shrek, but specifically, I'm going to be talking about the best boy on the set of the live-action Shrek movie from 1973. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> the end. I'm very appalled by your statement. <laughs> Pizza spit from your high school. I love my friends. I want to move out of this town. Fuck, dude. I might start a band called that now. We're experts. <laughs>